It's time for the fastest 30 minutes in football talk. Welcome to Pigskin Podcast, your first look back at the NFL weekend. Now, I'm definitely not live. From the studios of the Fan AM 1060 and the Fan1060.com, here are your hosts, Justin Carp and Brian Giverman. J.J. Arrington and Jeremy Urban are back deep, and Arrington at the nine. Good return by Arrington. Still on his feet. Has blockers. Inside the 20, the 10. J.J. Arrington goes in for the touchdown. Steve Breston is back deep, and the kick is blocked. Flag is down, however, and it's a touchdown. Sean Morey blocked it and recovering in the end zone for a touchdown, and the Cardinals win it. What's an unreal football game at the University of Phoenix Stadium this past Sunday? And the Arizona Cardinals, can you believe it? They're 4-2, and and they just knocked off the Dallas Cowboys, and they weren't the only NFC team, NFC East team, to struggle this weekend. Good evening, morning, afternoon, whenever you're listening to this. It's the Pigskin Podcast here on the Fan AM 1060 and the Fan1060.com. I'm Justin Carp. He's Brian Giberman. Like always, we're talking the NFL, and today, week six ended with another strange one. The Browns get a win over the New York Giants. They win it by the score of 35-14. to 14. Brian, it's been six weeks. We've seen some weird stuff, but this weekend by far... Really doesn't get weirder than this. A crazy weekend filled with football, and everything that that Glendale Stadium touches is gold. I mean, you had the Super Bowl, the Fiesta Bowl with Oklahoma and Boise State. There have really been some fantastic football games at that stadium, and this Dallas Cowboys-Arizona Cardinals game, Week 6, Cardinals winning 30-24 to in OT on a block punt, which has never happened before, just added on to the list. Well, let's go through this game. If you're listening outside of the Phoenix area and you didn't get to catch this entire game, you heard the highlight courtesy of Fox Dick Stockton on the call. The game started before any of us were sitting down. J.J. Arrington, a 92-yard kick return to the house, and J.J. Arrington coming on strong in the last couple of weeks, really for the first time in his career with the Arizona Cardinals, really playing some great football. It went back and forth. The Cowboys tied the game. The Cardinals went ahead 14-7. Seesawed back and forth, and finally the Cardinals went ahead 24-14 with just about two and a half minutes left, and then it turned. Marion Barber, a tremendous scamper to the end zone. And then the Cardinals giving the ball right back to him. Nick Falk, a 52-yard field goal after Travis LeBoy gets caught down the field, hurt, goes to overtime. Cowboys win the toss. Tony Romo gets sacked, and now he, we know he's out for at least four weeks because on that play on first down, he broke his pinky finger after a three and out. And you heard it again there on the highlights, courtesy of Fox. A blocked punt by, by special teams captain Sean Morey. And Monty Beisel picks it up, and the Cardinals won the football game. So there's your Cliff Notes. That, that, was, that was impressive. You just put the whole game into about a minute and 30 seconds. Hey, it's like the show NFL Replay. <laughs> that, 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 was, <laughs> that was good. Now, a couple things within that minute and 30 recap that need to be hit on. J.J. Arrington needs to be on the field more. 
I'm sorry. He does. The week Nothing before, to apologize for. You're week, right. Week, week before when they put him on the field for a series, good things happened. They hit him on a little screen pass today. He gained Or yesterday, he gained 10 yards on it. Had the kickoff return for touchdown. I want to see him on the field more. If it means Edger and James getting less carries, I have no problem with that. The Cardinals only handed the ball off 19 times, but the running back still got the ball because Hightower also had four catches. And Trent Rowroll stinks. He's yeah. awful. Did you see that him? That whole secondary struggle. Rod Hood goes down again with another injury. They said it was cramps. I have a feeling it was the hamstring, the same hamstring that was bugging him a couple of weeks ago. Dominic Rogers cromartie looked like a rookie at most points in this game. He was all turned around. Aaron Francisco on the touchdown play, on the first touchdown play to Patrick Creighton, he, he, at the safety position, he got all turned around, let Patrick Creighton go right by him, and he scores. This secondary had a rough game, and it starts, like you said, with Antrell Roll. Yeah, nothing was worse than watching Antrell Roll attempting to tackle Marion Barber on that touchdown run. That was pathetic. Barber is, does not have breakaway speed. He's not a guy who's known for busting He's long runs. He's never going to be that kind and of running seven, back. 70 yards. It was a 67-yard touchdown pass. Are you kidding me? That's a joke. That and it was an under, never happen. It was an underneath screenplay that yeah. he scored. It was a three-yard dump-off that he was able to get a couple of good blocks and go down the sidelines and in. Now, staying, staying on the good things, once again, the O-line was key. They only allowed one sack. So after that Jets debacle, they have only allowed one sack the past two weeks. Zero against the Bills, only one against the Cowboys, and Steve on the also on the offensive side of the ball, Steve Breston continues to step up in Anquan Bolden's absence. Eight receptions, 105 yards, a TD, and I, I will say this every time I talk about Steve Breston, where in the world is this coming from. <laughs> he stunk when he was in college. The left side of the offensive line will start with that. Mike Gandy and Reggie Wells, no one got by on, on the blind side of Kurt Warder. Nobody got into the backfield on that side of the defensive line for the Dallas Cowboys. The other side, Deuce Latouille struggled again. I think he took two or three false starts penalties on his own in this game. And caused one for Levi Brown. Yes, he did. So they struggled. Lyle Sendelein took a false start penalty at center, but the left side of the line really is really, really protecting well right now for the Cardinals. Steve Breston, Anquan Bolden out for another game with the sinus injury after taking that vicious hit at New York. The way it's looking, I'm not going to say they don't need him because that would be stupid. But Steve Breston, 105 yards, a couple of great passes, pass catches in traffic, caught his first touchdown pass. That's his first touchdown pass, uh, career offensive touchdown. His only other one coming on that punt return against Pittsburgh. He played well. All it comes down to, Brian, is this team... What a great way. They're 4-2. and two, They go into a bye week, and now they have four winnable games after the bye. But they still, they need to prove they can win on the road. They haven't done in the past. 2007. Well, that's the story of this franchise. 2007, 2-6. 2006-2-6. 2005-2-6. 2004, 1-7. So they're 6-18 and, so in the past three seasons. Oh, don't leave out 2003 when they went 0-8. That was the worst year since I, uh, since I moved here and started covering the Cardinals. I will not say this team is going to win on the road till I see it with my own two eyes. All right, we got to hit on something in this game that has bothered does the heck out of me. Does it start tuck, with a tuck, the tuck and with a rule? Uh, yes, it does. And most people will be like, oh, you think it should have been a sack? Well, no, you know what? The call... 
tuck rule, that's the rule. I'm fine with it. All right, I'm going to put what I, I think it should have been a safety. The play should have been a safety, and I'm going to walk you through why it should have been a safety. This is directly from the NFL rule book right here. The tuck rule is an exception to this rule. It applies to the quarterback, brings his arm forward in a passing motion, but changes his mind and tries to keep hold of the football rather than making a pass. This is the key part. In this situation, if the quarterback loses the ball while stopping his passing motion or bringing the ball back to his body, it is still considered a forward pass and thus an incomplete pass. So it was an incomplete pass. The rules of intentional grounding state that if you're not across, if you're not out of the pocket and the ball doesn't get to the line of scrimmage, that it should be intentional grounding. Intentional grounding in the end zone is a safety. And when you when you went back and looked at that play, and I did a couple of times, yeah, there was only offensive linemen around him. And the first thing that I thought, because I, I do it an extent to degree, but the only thing I can think of is that when you've got that tuck rule in effect, does it cancel out any intentional grounding when he, when he pulls it back in and decides he's not going to throw the ball? Is that the intention that he's not going to throw the ball anymore? This, therefore, it's not intentional but grounding. directly from the rule book, it does not have yeah, anything I, there. It says it is considered a forward pass and thus an incomplete pass if the ball hits the ground, even if the ball is moving backwards at the time the quarterback loses it. Well, that the, should be the, intentional grounding. That's the key, though. It's not in. It's not written in stone. It's not written in that rule book. So that, yeah, apparently the NFL can't call it that way. We come back. All sorts of weirdness around the National Football League. We'll get into it. The Rams won a game. Yeah, that's all you really need to know. Big Skin Podcast Fan AM 1060. Bob Kemp taking bad callers and sending them straight to the gallery. Every day from noon to 3 on The Fan AM 1060, the voice of the fans. When it comes to using their wireless phones, drivers everywhere are making safety their most important call. Instead of trying to dial or look up numbers, call Jenny at work. Many phones offer voice dialing and speed dial features. Learn how to use them. Remember, your wireless phone can be your best safety tool. Don't let it become a distraction. The wireless industry and the Wisconsin Department of Transportation remind you, with wireless, safety is your call. The grill is always hot. There's a message in my alphabet. It says, ooh. And you're always invited. Those are Cheerios. Launch with McCabe and Friends. Weekdays at 10 on The Fan AM 1060. The voice of the fans. Snap is back, ball is down, kick is away, on its way it is, good! Great job. Josh Brown puts the Rams in the win column. Oh man. With a 49-yard field goal on the game's final play. Welcome back to the Fan1060.com. This is the Pigskin Podcast. I'm Brian Giberman. He's Justin Carp. That was the Rams Radio Network. And for the past two weeks, I have been touting Jim Zorn as the coach of the year for the Washington Redskins. And then he comes out and he makes me look like a, a dumbass by having them <laughs> lose. Well, Jim Haslett, Jim Haslett might be the coach of the year now, right? I mean, un- unbelievable. And this is what we are going to call the WTF segment. You can fill in the fill blank. It in. Fill it in. We will Whatever leave that. you want to think that makes you know, make reference to. It's, it's your imagination. O- open to interpretation. But the Redskins lose to the Rams with, and the Rams didn't score an offensive touchdown. 
touchdown. Doesn't that make doesn't that make perfect sense? I mean, and the Reds, as I said, I've been saying that Jim Zorn has been the coach of the year. They played so bad in that first week against the Giants and have been playing so well in that NFC East. And then another thing that me and Justin just look very stupid on. Last week we go on this rant and rave how the NFC East is going to go sixteen and zero against the NFC West, and the first exactly. time, the first time, the first game that happens between the two teams. Right after we make that comment, the NFC West wins, and the NFC West goes two and zero against the NFC East last week. No, it was definitely it was you know it basically just threw the NFL on its ear. The Arizona Cardinals get a win over the Cowboys in a game that you know maybe they shouldn't have won, and they kind of snatched uh, victory from the jaws of defeat, or in the Cowboys case, snatching defeat in the jaws of victory. And then you have the Redskins who came out flat. They played down to an opponent that they shouldn't have played down to, and the St. Louis Rams got a kick in the pants from Jim Haslett, and that's what he does. Jim Haslett, when he was with the Saints, always a motivator. He can get those oh, guys Jim up to Haslett play. stunk. He was awful. If nothing else, he got his teams ready to play. Yeah, he got Kyle Turley angry to throw someone's helmet across the field. That got was the only good up. thing he did. He got the Jim, Rams fired up to play a football uh, no, game. Jim it's Hazlitt. something that Scott Linehan didn't do all season, and Jim Haslett did it. I'll tell you what it was. They were coming off a bye week, and the NFL bye weeks are key. You get two weeks to prepare for a game compared to one. It makes a world of difference, and that was showed tonight also with the Cleveland Browns, who somehow miraculously beat the defending champion New York Giants, who looked like the best team in the league so far this season. Yeah, that was definitely an interesting game to watch just because every time you saw the Giants start to inch and claw back into that game and you thought that it was going to be Eli Manning starting to play like he did in the first couple of weeks, the Browns made a play. And that's kind of what the Browns did last year. It's what we expected Cleveland to do throughout the start of this season. Obviously, it hasn't happened. They've had injuries. They've had Kellen Winslow in the hospital for something I don't even want to talk about because it makes me hurt. The Browns looked like the way they were supposed to. Eric Wright made some plays. You know, Braylon Edwards made some plays. Talking about another guy from from your Michigan from your Michigan past playing some good ball. The Browns played good football tonight. They played like a team, like they should be playing like all season. And the Giants just didn't show up. Manning made bad reads. Jacobs didn't have a great game. Plaxico Burris, you know, ran ran on short routes. He he cut route short is what I'm trying to say, and. Simply enough, this wasn't what I want to say is this wasn't the Giants losing. This was the Browns legitimately winning this football game. And the Browns have bounced past bounced back nicely after that 0-3 start. They've won two in a row, and it comes down to it, the Brown. Their problem is their schedule is just ridiculous. They have to go to Washington and to Jacksonville the next two weeks. I mean, that's just tough, and they're going to have a real, real problem getting through the schedule because it continues throughout the whole season. Just real tough. One of the Browns, Browns and Broncos used to be a huge, huge rivalry back in the day. We all remember those games with John Elway driving down the field, the 98-yard drive. Ernest Biner, the fumble that would have, you know, that touchdown would have put the Browns in the Super Bowl. And uh, Maybe they're not in Baltimore right and now. And the current Broncos quarterback, Jay Cutler, came out. Oh. This exact quote from Jay Cutler. I have a stronger arm than John Elway, hands down. I'll bet on it against anybody's in the league. Brett Favre's got a cannon, but on game days, there's nobody in the league who's going to throw it harder than I am at all. There's one. There you go, Jay Cutler. Congratulations. You are officially an idiot. 
There is one rule to playing quarterback in Denver, Colorado, and that is do not compare yourself to the guy that formerly played quarterback in Denver, Colorado. And I'm not talking about Jake Plummer. John, you can't compare yourself to the legend that's John Elway. That guy is revered. You know, in certain cities in the NFL, Terry Bradshaw, Franco Harris in Pittsburgh, Guys like Tornado Dorsett, Roger Staubach in Dallas, Jerry Rice, Joe Montana in San Francisco, John Elway in Denver. If you're a player, you don't compare yourself to them until the public and the fans think you've earned it. I haven't seen Jay Cutler lead the Broncos to a Super Bowl. I haven't seen him take him to the playoffs and win a playoff game at that Jay Cutler's no John Elway at this point. He's no Steve Berline. He's got to keep his mouth shut. He's already got the, he's already got the fans on his good side because of his gutty comeback from the diabetes and the way that he's led this team to some victories earlier on the season. Don't go and jeopardize this. Don't get back on the fans' bad side comparing yourself to somebody that you shouldn't be comparing yourself to. It's not fair to himself, and it's not fair to the city. And then don't go and lose the game after you make well, the comments. Well, that's the most important, important part. Don't go and lose. <laughs> don't don't lose a game. Another quarterback, this one, he finally woke up this week. Peyton Manning started and hit his stride. 19 of 28, 271, three TDs. We talked about this early in the season, and what I said was, Peyton Manning was going to struggle a little bit at the beginning. He didn't have a preseason. He didn't have all that work that he usually put in with his receivers. Reggie Wayne, Marvin Harrison, his tight ends, Dallas Clark. Joseph Adai goes down. Dominique Rhodes comes in, plays very effectively. He knows the system. And Peyton Manning and that are, and that potent Colts offense is starting to click a little bit. Well, this is the Colts that we've seen for the past, you know, five, six years. This is what we expect out of the Indianapolis Colts. They're supposed to be able to throw the ball at will. Reggie Wayne is supposed to rack up 100, 110 yards a game. Guys like that are supposed to get open. They're supposed to make plays. Joseph Adai is supposed to run the ball to set up the pass, and Peyton Manning is able to throw the ball whenever and to whoever he wants. And that's what we didn't see over the first five weeks of the NFL season, is the Colts weren't the Colts. This week, we saw vintage Colts football. Now is the challenge. Can you keep this going through the rest of the season? Because right now, you just said it, this is about the time that Peyton Manning would settle into the groove after about three or four games under his belt. Three or four of those games were supposed to come in the preseason. They always did come in the preseason because it only took him about... You know, one or two series of games to really get back in his rhythm. Now, we do know that he underwent a second surgery. Tony Dungy confirmed that today. Did that have anything to do with the start of this season and the Colts' ineffectiveness? Because he looked terrible at opening week against the Bears. He looked terrible at other games. He finally looked like Peyton. So who knows what we're going to get in week seven, week eight, week nine, and through the rest of the season. But for now, the Colts look like the Colts. Speaking of week eight, two weeks away, it's going to be on Monday night, Colts at Tennessee. There's what your, a there's your huge game. game that is going to be. Now, speaking of division battles and team records, 21 out of 32 teams in the NFL right now have a 500 or better record. You know what that is? That's parody. That's the NFL's parody at its best. It's crazy. And then two of the divisions, the NFC East and the NFC South, all four teams have a 500 or better record. That's, that's, just, some, that's just insane. You don't see things like that in the other leagues. Big Skin Podcast coming back. Plays of the Week, Fan AM 1060, Fan1060.com. Tune in 
and Saturday mornings for Calling All Sports, presented by Casino Arizona on The Voice of the Fan. AM 1060, The Fan. Imagine a family that was almost fed by neighbors who almost volunteered to help them out. Almost volunteered to give them their first hot meal in weeks. Almost volunteered. But as anyone knows, when it comes to giving, almost doesn't count. Don't almost give. Give. Give of your time, your money, your kindness. To find out how, visit our website at don'talmostgive.org. This message brought to you by the Ad Council. October 15th, the big day is coming. A special sports zone with Bob Kemp. Noon to 3 on the voice of the fans. The Fan, AM 1060. Week 6, Big Skin Podcast, Fan AM 1060, Fan1060.com. Justin Cart, Brian Giverman at you. We got a lot to get to in this segment, so let's get started. We got plays of the week, we got trade deadline, owners meetings, and three more games to talk about. So, Brian, I'm thinking we should get it started with the plays of the week right now. Brian, in a week, well, let's get this out of the way first. The kick return by J.J. Arrington and the punt block, I mean, that's 1-1-A. One one plays of the week. But we want to spotlight of course here on the Pigskin Podcast what else is going on around the we National got, Football League. We only have 30 minutes. Yeah, so we'll, we already talked about the Cardinals. You know that those are were the two by far best plays of the week. But let's get to the plays of the week version of week six. That didn't happen at University of Phoenix Stadium. And uh, Matt Ryan, former Boston College quarterback, made one hell of a throw for a rookie. Ryan has three receivers in the set. Snap to it. Chicago brings four. Matt will throw. Downfield. Jenkins there. Caught. Out of bounds with one second left. Michael Jenkins makes the catch at the Chicago 30-yard line. Falcons Radio Network and what poise from not only a rookie quarterback in Matt Ryan to find the open receiver in Michael Jenkins, but a young receiver himself, Michael Jenkins, to know where the sideline was to know the amount of time on the clock, and to make that catch, all three of those, and then get right out of bounds with one second left to make sure that Jason Elam's got a chance to make that kick. Great throw. That play was set up by the play before that, though. Lovey Smith doing the squib kick, and Mike Smith, rookie head coach of the Atlanta Falcons, being very, very smart and putting wide receiver in as up men to field that squib yeah. kick, which allowed them to get in position to make that throw. And Mike Smith has been a gem. Former Jaguars defensive coordinator has done a real nice job in his rookie season with the Atlanta Falcons. And we saw that actually victimize the Cardinals in their game on set on Sunday when Calais Campbell couldn't feel the pooch kick. Yeah, no, that was great, great coaching move, especially when it's late in the game and there's you have a pretty good idea that they could try and pull something like that. Play number two, it didn't result in a win for the Miami Dolphins, but their offense, boy, it's sure fun to watch. Ronnie Brown ready to take the handoff. Hands it once, now tips it back. Oh, my God! Outfield wide open. He's got a receiver. It's going to be a touchdown, Dolphins. Yes, sir! Miami's got wide open. A 
reverse, flipped it back to Pennington, and Patrick Cobbs was open by 20 yards. A 53-yard touchdown. Dolphins Radio Network, if that was a hockey goal, it would have something read, you know, Patrick Cobbs on the score, assisted by Chad Pennington and Ronnie Brown and Ricky Williams. What a play. They end up losing this game on that last second touchdown by Matt Shaw. But this is a scary, scary Miami Dolphins offense. They're using that Arkansas Wildcat formation almost perfectly now. And right now, again, defenses in the NFL are just prone to not stopping it. Uh, That offense is the coolest offense I have ever seen. Dan Henning, offensive coordinator, been around forever, taking advantage of his quarterback's coach, David Lee, who last year was the offensive coordinator at Arkansas, and they are doing a great job of incorporating different looks into that Offense and keeping them off balance and having the defense just have no idea. I mean, did you see that whole Texans defense just they ran towards no the ball? It was like it was like as if you, me, Bob Kemp from the Sports Zone, McCabe from Tanzanoon were all out there. It might as well have been us out there on defense. Well, I would have been bowl, doing. I totally put yourself in that category. I would have broke that pass up. Yeah, of course you would, Kemp. <laughs> You're like five foot two. I would have been all over him. I would have lit. Wet. I would have lit that guy up. I would have lit. Would. I would have lit Cobbs up. There wouldn't have been a chance in hell against me. You would have been so far away. You would have been able to spell Cobbs' name. Oh, on you his don't jersey. know my five-five speed. It's blazing. Your five-five speed? Oh yeah, I've run five, probably solid five-five uh, for the forty. Yeah, or for you know, from here to the water machine. <laughs> no, to the soda machine. I go grab a diet coke. I'm going to bank on that. You wouldn't be able to defend that because right now nobody in the NFL can seem to do that. Number one play of the week that didn't occur in Glendale this weekend: the Vikings, a team that has struggled to find an identity. They've underachieved. Maybe their coach is on the way out. The third coach maybe to to lose his job is rumored uh, in the last couple of days. But they got a win by the hair of their chitty chin chin. I I didn't mean to rhyme. But they end up getting the win. Time out, time out, time out. That was very corny. Of course it was corny. You said hair on my chinny chin chin. Play of the week number one, (laughs) Bernard Berrien. Barat takes the snap, pumps, dumps over the middle, caught. It's Bernard Berrien. Makes a man miss at the 30. And now he gets it's loose, and Bernard Berrien's inside the 30. Touchdown! 86 for 87, and the Vikings are two points from tying the game. Vikings Radio Network on the call. Bernard Berry and an 86-yard touchdown pass from Gus Farratt. And this is a game, by the way, that I'd be remiss to not mention Dan Orlovsky with a self-induced safety. If you haven't seen this play, go check out the highlights on NFL.com or something. Dan Orlovsky backed up on his own when we talked about all the stupid plays last week. Dan Orlovsky from UConn got to point that out. Starting, I think, only his second game of his career. Maybe his first. I'll have to go look at that. But starting one of the first games of his career, Dropped back on his own one-yard line, rolled down on a bootleg, and stepped out of the back of the end zone. And it was a safety for Minnesota, and he had no idea. Yeah, that that could have went into the WTF section of the show. <laughs> I forgot about that. But, I mean, this game was just awful. I mean, thank God that I did not have to watch this game. 12, yeah, yeah. 12 to 10. The Vikings are just bad. Adrian Peterson fumbles the ball three times. He can't hold on to the ball. And he never the had line- that problem. 
He really yeah. never had it's a fumbling probably, it's, problem. Yeah, you know what? It's probably just the one game thing. I mean, exactly. but it was just it just but it just added on. It happened against the Lions, who are the worst team in football, and the Vikings look bad. They get the win, but they look bad doing it. And if I'm a Viking fan, I am very very worried about my team. So there's your plays of the week. There's your recap of the week, and we got a couple more things to talk about before this edition of the Big Skin Podcast is over. NFL owners meetings are coming up, and they're going to take a look at extending the trade deadline. They're going to take a look at extending the season, and this is. Is very topical because the trade deadline is tomorrow and a couple of big names are rumored to be moved. Tony Gonzalez, Roy Williams, Larry Johnson, a couple of guys that are rumored to be moving addresses by the end of tomorrow. None of the above. Yeah, I agree with you. Just in the NFL, it's very, very difficult to move around players, get them incorporated with the offense. You saw how hard it was for Brett Favre to get acclimated with the Jets offense when he got traded in training camp. Once again, it is harder for a quarterback to adjust them maybe to a tight end, but they've also tailored the offense to him to make it easier. You're not going to come in. The Giants aren't going to trade for Tony Gonzalez and go Plaxico Burris, Steve Smith, Sonoris, Moss, Amani, Toomer, Brandon Jacobs, get out of here. We're going to start running things that Tony Gonzalez knows and changing language. So it's very difficult to incorporate a new player into the NFL offense. It's a lot different in basketball, and you can basically just go out and play street ball, and you just kind of know how the game goes. And I think we're all on the record for saying that we think a longer regular season at the expense of a shorter preseason is a tremendous idea. Nope. Now, what do you... Really? Oh, bad idea. I think it's, it's a great idea. Risking, I don't... risking more injuries. There's no. I'm all for shortening the preseason. You want to shorten the preseason to two games and add a couple scrimmages or extend, make training camp a little longer. Just look at Peyton Manning. He doesn't have a preseason. Look at how he comes out. Uncomfortable. Takes time to get into the flow. You add those extra two regular season games. More guys are going to get hurt in those games. So at the end of the season, when the games are important, you're going to be with less star players and you're going to be sacrificing What's important at the end is having a couple making a cheap buck at the beginning. I don't want to sound rude or anything, but I will say this. I'll take a player getting injured in the regular season over anybody getting injured in a meaningless preseason game. That's all I'm going to say about that. Brian, it's always fun. Week six was sure fun. Week seven, plenty more to come. The Cardinals are off, so we're going to have to find maybe something else to talk about. I'm sure we'll find something in next week's Pigskin Podcast. Oh, yeah. We'll just talk about the Jets instead. <laughs> no, or the Niners. Maybe not. Pigskin Podcast, Fan AM 10. 60 fan1060.com thanks for tuning in we'll talk to you next week